Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. This podcast is making me feel It's cruising over, driving tides behind the steering wheel Cause these movies are obscene But I can't stop it from turning in Hey love, and while you're at it, how about writing us a five-star review? Maybe if you're lucky, Mike, you'll take one of you to pound town, or at least read it on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch Fire Fire Island. Island. So I'm assuming this is the first time we'd all seen it because it just came out. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what'd you guys think? First impressions. Hit me with them. Paige, you go first. You chose it. I chose it. I'll go first. I, upon entering into this film, did not realize that it was... The new rule is if you choose the movie, you go first. From here on forward. I love that he interrupted you to issue an edict from on high in his guest bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) An edict that would have allowed me to go first anyway. I know. It was not law until this moment. Now you may speak. <laughs> so Mikey hath written. So Mikey hath done. Can I talk now? I'm Please. kind of worried. I'm like, so sorry. Is it, is it my turn? Is it not Please. my turn? Uh, when I chose this, I did not realize it was going to be gay pride and prejudice, which. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that movie not exist? It does. It's called Fire Island. We just watched it. Just, What's wrong I'm with saying. you? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I don't really like regular Pride and Prejudice, but I tend to love every movie that's like, what if we did it in a different way? Like Bride and Prejudice, another favorite of mine. Or Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Agreed. I haven't seen it, but I bet it's awesome. It's pretty good. I really loved this one. This touched me in a very... Where did it touch you, Paige? 
Show me on the doll where this movie touched you. <laughs> this doll is just made of shoulders. Uh, anyways, <laughs> in fun facts, I tried to find out if the working title of this movie was just Pride and Prejudice. And then I was like, no, Paige, you're stupid. Then how would anyone d- discern it from all of the other Pride and Prejudice movies? But I thought because it's Pride Month, that would have been really funny. The title actually being Gay Pride and Prejudice would be hilarious. Gay Pride and Prejudice would be hilarious. I would love it. Uh, but Fire Island's a great title too i really enjoyed it It, there's a handful of pacing issues but it's and i actually have fun facts to explain them later but overall i really liked it now granted i am biased because bowen yang is currently my favorite snl cast member i find him hilarious (laughs) yeah he's great and joel kim booster is fucking hysterical as well his stand-up is very very funny and I was actually really impressed because like knowing his standup, I was not sure how he was going to translate as a lead in a movie like this where he would have to be a little more subdued. And I think he knocks it out of the park. And I think it's really well written and fun mm-hmm. as well. I really liked it personally. Yeah, I loved it. I cried at the end. Uh, Same. Honestly, like. Every scene of this movie was either funny, it pushed the plot along. Like, I I never felt like I was, like, bored while watching this. Right. And I really enjoyed all of the characters. Like, I really enjoyed, like, the core group of characters, the characters we meet on the ferry over to Fire Island at the very beginning. Right. The sisters. Yeah, yeah, the sisters. If you will. I love that they give each other shit and they're just, like, really, really close. I don't know. I really enjoyed the relationships there. And I really enjoyed that, like... The two, I think, main characters, it's not about them getting together. It's about them finding their own love and their own way and them just being really good at the end, really good friends to each other. I would argue that there are times where they're not excellent friends to each other, but at the end, they just are very, very good friends. I I really, really loved the movie. It was great. The only thing I would have changed as far as the group dynamic, I wanted a little more of Max. Because Max, and Max is the one who is uh, the larger black character who (laughs) is constantly reading, is inferred to potentially be Republican, which I found hysterical. Oh, I did not hear that. But it's very subtle. It's super subtle, and it's pretty funny to me. And we just don't see a ton of Max for a huge chunk of the movie. And then at the end, we see a lot more. I would have liked just a smidge more of Max because I found Max to be very entertaining. I did love Max. When he's at the party and he's like high on something, I can't remember. He's high on Molly. Oh no, it was ketamine. ketamine. Sorry. It was ketamine. ketamine. ketamine yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. He looks in the mirror and he goes, oh my God, is that me? I'm gorgeous. I love it. I love it. it. <laughs> so fucking much. So yeah, I could have used a lot more of Max's character too. And I also liked him. I liked him when he wasn't high and he was like the sort of nerdy bookish, like, can we calm it down guys, please? Like I, I sort of liked yes. his vibe a lot. And I might be wrong about the Republican angle. It's just that early in the movie, he's reading a Madeleine Albright book. And then later he's like, small businesses are the backbone of this country and trails off. But it's that small business talking point of yeah. like, you know. And so I was like, wait, is there is there a, a like a Republican light character in this movie? Because that is a thing. I think you just have to know your enemy. So he was studying up on them. That could very well be. That could be. I, I'll accept that interpretation. 100%. <laughs> I mean, in truth, I have no idea. But Mikey, 
What were your first impressions of this movie or first thoughts? I really liked it. I didn't have the thought where you were talking about like the two people didn't get together. I think it was it's I think it's the most like representational of like a, a traditional rom com where like two friends go on vacation and go to hook up and or like a group of friends and I think I thought it was fabulous. I think this goes with my mission this month of finding really happy pride movies for romantic comedies and i i really liked it i really liked the ending i really liked the tropes i really liked how they you know played with them a little bit i liked the chemistry i thought it was really funny i laughed out loud a few times same um i texted my brother and i was like hey this like this bullying group of gays seems like you and your friends he's like <laughs> yeah he's like that may be my chicago friends but not me now <laughs> Okay. And I was like, okay. I I do. I don't know if you saw some of the Twitter craziness about this movie this week. I no. haven't, no. Okay, so there's two things. There was a whole Twitter thread where people were like, every character in this movie is annoying. I, I don't understand why people like this movie. And really? after watching it, I'm like... I don't understand people thinking these people are annoying because <laughs> I want to be friends with all of them. And yeah. some of them remind me very much of close friends that I have. So I was just like, that's the strangest critique I've ever heard. But then secondly, there were quite a few people that were mad that this movie does not meet the Bechtel test. And I feel like I should probably address it, even though Alison Bechtel addressed it on Twitter, which I thought was great. I did see that. So, yeah, let's go into I that. I retweeted because, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I, where I saw it. But let's go into it, though, because I, I think that's fair. What did she say? I'll, I'll read it to you. Oh, because, perfect. Because yeah. I did re retweet it. So let me lay out the argument that other people had. They're mad that this movie doesn't fit the Bechtel test. And my opinion on that is it's a gay movie <laughs> like this. It'd be different if this was a movie about a bunch of straight men because straight male stories have been the cornerstone of the film industry for all of time. Since Buster Keaton and Charlie fucking Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah. Overly represented. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. And specifically white straight male. And part of the reason the Bechtel test came to be at all was to call attention to that disparity. I would argue that there is a disparity against movies with LGBTQIA individuals, and so they are not subject to the Bechtel test. It's not like there have been a million gay movies <laughs> and we're tired of them not including women. That's nonsense. <laughs> it's that there have been so many movies that did not include women, didn't include people of color, didn't in include LGBTQIA individuals. That's kind of what the idea of the Bechtel test gets to. And again, the Bechtel test is a bargain basement floor level of yeah. what a movie should meet. It's the lowest bar. It's the lowest bar. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's what Alison Bechtel herself said on Twitter. Okay, I just <laughs> added a corollary to the Bechtel test. Two men talking to each other about the female protagonist of an Alice Munro story in a screenplay structured on a Jane Austen novel equals a pass. Hashtag Fire Island, hashtag Bechtel test. So she basically gave it an official pass. But I think it's dumb to try and hold it to that standard anyway. As as someone who believes that the Bechtel test is useful, this is not the use case for it. Personally. I mean, we talk about the Bechtel test all the time. So I respect the Bechtel test a lot. Yeah. But I think in order for this movie to be held to that, that Bechtel test, you'd have to fundamentally change it. It would have to be about Mikey and I going to Fire Island and me trying to get Mikey to hook up with some random woman. I think we're on the wrong island. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
what an adventure that would be. I'd be like, I don't think these women are interested in me. All it would need would be <laughs> one more lesbian character. Sure. And we almost get there, by the way. We do almost get there, yeah. This movie almost passes it on the stolen water taxi at the end. This is not a, a movie where I'm worried about that. This is not a movie subjugating women. <laughs> Like, it's a movie built for inclusivity of people who were not included previously. Yeah. Another thing about that, I was uh, talking with some people about this movie, and one of them pointed out to me that um, Asians in general are underrepresented in film and TV. Yes. So the fact that it's uh, this story features like two gay Asians is like awesome. It actually features more more than two, and was directed by one as well. Yeah, but like the two main characters are two yeah. gay Asian men, and I think that that's so unique three main characters yeah three of the main characters are are gay asian men because will is also is he yes. so will looked a little more ethnically ambiguous to me so i didn't want to yeah. place him anywhere the other two identify themselves that way in the movie so like i knew but like will doesn't and i just didn't know they identify will that way in the movie as oh well. do they i must have missed that just listen to me i'm like that creepy guy i'm like are you filipino i got a skill <laughs> uh, but there's also something if you have not spent a significant amount of time in in and around gay men this might not be instantly apparent to you uh, they do mention it briefly in the film but if you're not as versed in some of of the 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 culture stereotypes and culture it, it might have gone over your head there is a a saying and they do say it in the film and the saying is quote no fats no femmes no asians yeah uh, and that is something that people will post on their grinder profile to delineate Ew. who they want and don't want. It's very racist and mean. Yeah. Now, it's interesting to note that the group of gays that we follow through Fire Island, which is a notably uh, a gay vacation spot, but they do mention a couple times it's a lot of hot, thin, white people, rich white people specifically, and I have some yeah. prices on what it costs to go. Oh, Jesus, okay. It's notable that in a movie about that place, the people that we follow, the group that we follow, includes fats, femmes, and Asians, specifically. That was not by accident. Oh, I'm sure not. And so I actually really liked seeing that as well. Dude, Noah and Howie talk about that, um, the no Asians a thing. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit in the movie. And then at the end of the movie, when like, before you know they steal the taxi or whatever, when Howie and Noah are talking, and it's like super sad, but Howie is saying, like, I just want someone to want to be with me. I don't want to be like the runner-up or the consolation prize, you know, like that whole thing. Uh, and I feel like that yeah. is born out of that Asians are seen as like a less than in that community I'm assuming based upon the no fats no femmes no Asians well I mean for certain people I mean it's not community wide oh, not a monolith sure yeah yeah it's enough that they made a song about it on on RuPaul's Drag Race one time <sighs> yeah so like it's ubiquitous enough that it made it into this movie and then it has also been on Drag Race and a number of things and it, it is considered terrible behavior like it's not one of those a fun widely accepted thing but it happens yeah but i did like that within literally the first 10 minutes of this movie it's like these are who our characters are people who have been branded as undesirable but these are our main characters this is who we're following yeah and i did really like that. i like that a lot too speaking of rupaul's drag race miss peppermint is in this movie briefly peppermint 
peppermint. Yeah. Miss Peppermint. Which I think she was season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race. I may be wrong. I don't remember which season. I just love her. I um, go every Friday night to my friend's house and Natalie and I watch RuPaul's Drag Race pretty much every Friday. Love that show. So do you guys want to jump to the movie and uh, talk about it scene by scene? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. Mikey, is there a delay on your Zoom? I think there's a delay in his brain. But hear me out. You're going <laughs> to like this delay because it just came to me while we were about to move on. My best ideas okay. come to me when other people want to talk about something else. <laughs> My best ideas come to me when I'm interrupting you, is what he just said. What if we did this movie, but one of the friends was trying to kill the other ones, he dies, and they have to pretend, carry his body around oh my and God. pretend he's Weekend alive? Weekend at Bernie's Fire Island is what you want. <laughs> we- Weekend at Fire Island? <laughs> I'm not against it, honestly. Yeah, like, so if the guy who was like, are you Filipino? I have a, th- I have a sense for this. Like, if he had, like, a stroke and died, but they, like, had to use his place to host the underwear party, like, I'm here for it. Think about the two main characters. Yeah. yeah. And then every time they're in scenes with Will and his friend, what's his name, Chandler? Cooper. <laughs> Chandler. No, the love interest. This is the really Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie and Coop, right? Any scene that Charlie and Will are talking to the main characters, between the main characters is a dead body with sunglasses on. I'm not on board. <laughs> it's Bernese Fire Island. Like it's you no. know, burn and fire. No. I I feel like we didn't need a dead body in this movie. It was fine without it. I'm saying maybe we do. And then that's and then she gets the money from Bernie's fir- fortune to like save the house. Who is the she in this situation? The angry lesbian? I think he's referring to Margaret Cho's character, Aaron. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, what I really wanted was Ritual or Will to be like, by the way, here's a check for the house, but Or, yeah, I honestly wanted Will to buy the house, right? Right. Although I do think we find out that he is not really a rich, high-powered lawyer. He works like a nonprofit helping people. But, yeah. Like some random guy comes out and is like, just spent some time with Bernie and was like, that's the best top I've ever had. And you're just like, what? No. All right. So, Mikey, (laughs) the only way that this gets greenlit for me is if it's Bernie Sanders campaigning on Fire Island he has a heart attack and dies and then his staffers have to go to all the campaign events and puppet him like a puppeteer. That is the only way I would do this movie. So here's the, I don't need Fire Island. I just need that as its own movie. You guys might think I'm a sicko, but you haven't watched the original Weekend at Bernie's where he does have sex with someone while he is dead. And I hate it. I don't like it. I feel like it's, there's something not okay about that because Bernie didn't consent, even though it's just his body. I don't know. I don't like it. Bernie's not here anymore. That's just that's just his mortal coil. It is a murky gray area there. Mikey, rigor mortis is not consent, okay? Yeah. That is the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever said on this podcast, and I hate you for making me say it. Okay, at the end of the movie, behind the water taxi. We, no, we cannot talk about this more. This is the worst. At the end of the movie, behind the water taxi is a body hitting the dinghies. Ding. I don't need that, Mikey. I don't need it. What I do need, and not about Bernie Sanders specifically. I don't want to single out a a specific presidential candidate because then we'll jinx it. Yeah, Todd, you're going to get investigated. Don't jinx it. Uh, But what I do want is a movie where a presidential candidate that everyone likes dies on the campaign trail and they have to puppet him through the rest of it. I do think that's very funny. So, okay, before we move on, 
I do have to point out, because I love Kevin Klein, there was a movie uh-huh. with that premise called Dave, and it is about yeah, and he someone replaces who, the president. Yeah, yeah, someone who looks like the president. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. And he becomes sort of the president because they look alike. And I think it's got Sigourney Weaver in it. Sigourney Weaver is the love interest. Yeah. That's not what I want, though. I want Weekend at Bernie's presidential edition. Oh, Paige. Where they're literally, like, puppeting his mouth at the podium. That's what I want. Yes. Weekend at Bernie Sanders on the road. Don't make it a specific person. The FBI is listening. We could just call it Super Tuesday. I'm not saying that we should kill Bernie and use his body. I'm saying Bernie's going to die eventually, and then we might be able to get his body on the cheap. Let's get into the movie. (laughs) This is going to be a spicy episode. I hate all of this. There is no room for dead bodies on Fire Island. I bet there's dead bodies all over Fire Island. Every island's got bodies. I'm sure, but like not like not one in this movie. I don't need it. Paige, in this why movie. are you humoring him? We have to move on. Yeah, let's jump into the movie. <laughs> anyway, we get the opening where they sing the 20th Century Fox theme. Oh my god, which I I loved. So it, like, funny. From the second that happened, I was like, I'm in. Yeah, because they sing it comically but also not great which i sort of love like it is like if we were all in a car driving somewhere and it just came up i could see us doing this easy absolutely we open on Joel Kim Booster's uh, both voiceover, but also he's waking up from a hookup the night before and his phone is ringing and the phone ring is she's an icon. Yeah. She's a legend. Yeah. She's an icon. She's a legend. And he quotes Jane Austen saying that a single man in good fortune must be in want of, of a wife. And he's like, not everybody <laughs> uh, with respect to Miss Jane. And he packs all of his stuff. He uh, grabs a couple books, but specifically Alice Munro, which will come up later. Yeah. And he says, that sounds like hetero nonsense, <laughs> whatever. So he grabs his cell phone, kicks his hookup out, and he runs for the ferry because he is late to meet up with all of his friends to go to Fire Island for the week. Hey, Mikey, have you ever been the hookup that got kicked out the morning after? I don't sleep there. Oh, I totally have been. <laughs> Todd, why do you sleep with strangers? I don't sleep with strangers, Mikey, I don't anymore. Like, I don't like sleeping in uncomfortable beds. I, I Okay, anytime I try to spend the night at a girl's house, th- I could be dating her. This could be girlfriends. This could be this could be a random hookup. I haven't done that in a while. Long time. Long yeah, time. this could Maybe. be a former presidential candidate who died a years ago, and his staffers are now puppeting through this doesn't sexual matter. encounter. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. sleep yeah. well unless I'm comfortable <laughs> there. It takes me a while. One time I was dating this girl. This girl kept her air conditioner on 83. What? Oh, God. Is she a lizard? Did she sleep under a heat lamp? <laughs> yes. And then, like, she's like, I thought you really liked me. Won't you stay? So I'm staying. She's got covers on because she's a monster. And I'm sweating <laughs> profusely. I mean, she's at minimum a reptile, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, in bed just sweating can't sleep she's licking her eye for moisture (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh oh my god who are your people gonna pick as the next president she's just (laughs) dropping dead mice into her Uh, mouth (laughs) like literally i just laid in the bed looking up for six and a half hours like i gotta get the fuck out of here i'm never doing this again because i couldn't wake her up to have that talk because why did she just leave while she was asleep Mikey, I was drunk. This is a you problem. 
The last time this happened to me, it was at New Hire Orientation at my current day job. And uh, she was from out of town. We ended up back at her hotel. I just didn't sleep that night, so I just went to work. I actually thought it might happen, so I brought a suit to work and left it in my office. So that the next morning I could have a fresh suit. Anyway, I planned ahead. But I mean, we just sort of finished at 630 and she was like, okay, I guess you have to leave. (laughs) And then like four weeks later, I met Natalie. (laughs) To me, it's like you do your thing. You talk for like, I mean, like, let's say you really like them. Talk for a couple hours. Yeah, absolutely. Really connect. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to head home because I'm going to sleep more comfortable. And I got a dog that needs to go out. (laughs) My dog's got an early work meeting. I got to get out of (laughs) here. Then you go, you go to, you hit a fast food line, you get a milkshake or some sort of other ice cream-esque snack. Then you go home and you eat your ice cream. You're like, I just had sex and ate ice cream. And I'm back home. I'm going to go to bed. Like, what a fucking cool night that was. (laughs) You don't lay in her bed without your book to read because you can't sleep sweating profusely while she snores with her blankets and you're fucking living in a terrarium and you're like, what is this madness? (laughs) I wonder why you're single. What? (laughs) I'm not going to date in a terrarium anymore. (laughs) I'm with Mikey on this. And it is for this reason that I book almost all of my own travel exclusively. Oh, yeah. Because even when people are like, oh, come stay with me. And it's like certain people like family, maybe. But like, no offense. I want to have my own space. I want to have a bed where I can spread out, where I can have my stuff and not have to like involve anyone else in it. What if it's a poop? And then, like, yes, you're, not, you're you. not at the poop time. You know, you've only known each other a few weeks. Do you want her to hear your shit? What if she doesn't have a fan <laughs> in her bathroom? Which God knows there's plenty of people out there who don't even have fans in their bathroom. How many times have you been in this situation? You get all the way through it, and then suddenly there's no toilet paper, and you're like, do I have to ask this person where the toilet paper is? I'm with you, Mikey. Okay, can I give you guys a pro tip? Well, it was sort of a similar situation to the new hire thing. It was years and years ago, but we like hooked up at a hotel and I was like, hey, I'm going to go get us some coffee. And I left to go get coffee, but I really left to go shit in the lobby. I just went to go get coffee. It was a pro move, man. I, yeah, going to the lobby to poop is a pro move. But like, not everybody has a lobby to poop in. Some it's people true. just have a bedroom and a bathroom. And a heat lamp. Yeah. And some sort of glass enclosure. <laughs> a bunch of like sawdust and maybe a branch. Yeah, but I counted as having sex in a sauna. <laughs> All right, we got to oh, move on. Good luck. No, I'm on Mikey's side with this. Why? You mean why stay? Yeah, why stay? I mean, it's not really a concern for me in my life now because Natalie and I have been together like three and a half, four years. But like before, I I don't know. I sort of like the cuddle part after sex. Is that weird? Even dating someone for months, like with Alexa, I know she hated staying at my house. And like, I just like apologized. I was like, look, I'm sorry that I can't scoot any further to this side of the bed. I have slept in the middle for so long. (laughs) And like, I, you know, I feel bad because I empathize with that situation because like, not enough to change in other people's houses. I scoot it over. (laughs) (laughs) I want a king size bed. It won't fit in that bedroom. It totally would fit in that bedroom, Mikey. Kings are not that much bigger than queens. Common misconception. I have a king size bed and it fits Natalie, myself, and well, it used to fit two dogs, unfortunately. Now it fits just the one. But it would still fit two dogs. There's just not two dogs to go. I there. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I get it. It's just not home. And then like it takes a while to get there. Here's the thing. Even with people you love, being in an uncomfortable sleeping situation is detrimental to your mental health. 
This is the whole reason why Jake and I got a king size bed because there's too much shoulders in this town for the full bed that we were sleeping on for years. A, a full, full bed? bed? Paige, what? How is that possible? I don't even think Paige. Jake alone can fit in the full bed. Oh my God. Did you guys have to strap up with like, on belay me, we're going to have to go to sleep so one of us doesn't fall off? It was, it was a lot of one or both of us ending up on the couch at some point later in the yeah. night because we just could not fucking sleep. I toss and turn. I, I've never been a great sleeper. I, I toss and turn a lot. I feel bad for anyone who spends the night at my house. May, I mean, first for the mediocre sex and then also <laughs> for the not great sleeping. I'm also a weird nocturnal creature of the night. And so, like, Jake is a normal human with, you know, a normal sleep schedule. So he's asleep hours before I am, usually. So when we were in Kansas City, Todd doesn't know this because he uh, allegedly gave him COVID. If you believe that, one, COVID exists, and two, that <laughs> I was a vector. <laughs> I didn't realize you were like a QAnon freak. Okay, interesting. You definitely <laughs> gave me COVID, and you gave Natalie COVID, too. All this story is going to illustrate is that I have the immune system of a god. <laughs> Paige and I stayed up in the kitchen talking until like, like 4.30 4 30 in, in the morning. morning. <laughs> yeah. She had been vaxxed, fully vaxxed, and booster vaxxed. Boosted, and flu-shotted, and I had yeah. it. Uh, have you thought about maybe you don't eat enough for your immune system, you skinny? Dude, I ate so much in Kansas City. That's true. You really so did. And like, part of that was the weed, but also fuck. you did. Dude, that barbecue <laughs> place was so... It was the tits, man. It was slaps. so good. It both slapped and was called slaps. But Paige and I missed you. We, we got to like... I was already recovering from my 24-hour COVID. And was able to enjoy that recovery with Paige <laughs> and talking to her all night. I w wait, was this the night before we left? Yeah, yeah we did oh, the dishes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was firmly experiencing symptoms that night. Like I went to bed yeah. that night like feeling like shit. I was like, I think Mikey got me sick. Surely it's not COVID. Cut to 48 hours later and I have COVID. <laughs> Have we talked about that? So my my symptoms were, I think my nose is stuffed up. I'm fighting off a sinus infection. Todd, will you pick me up some cough drops and some this medicine? And I was like, man, I feel kind of tired. I'm not, I don't usually take naps. And then Todd was like deathly ill for the rest of the time. I had 103.4 fever for two days. Yeah, Todd was like dying on the floor of the airport I, oh, while Mikey and I went and, and hung out with the sassiest waitress yo, was, in Kansas City. I can't believe we haven't talked about this because you guys went and got like breakfast or something at the airport yeah we went and got yeah. breakfast and i am laying on the floor at the gate people just walking past me like i'm a corpse <laughs> here, here, here's how how much of an asshole i am super covid positive don't even know it wearing my mask but todd's laying there i'm turning the page i'm like oh i'm not sitting next to him on that plane yeah. and he did not <laughs> I literally like and someone did sit next to me but I had my mask on and I like leaned away from them I was like leaning on Natalie who was in the window seat the entire flight like I fell asleep on her tray I'm 100% talking to Paige and I'm like I'm not gonna let him get me sick like that <laughs> oh my god and that's how Mikey gave us all COVID well not me well, you already had it. All the people who were susceptible, he gave us all COVID. Yeah, that's okay, true. Okay, so uh, scene two. <laughs> <laughs> so they show up to the ferry and, uh, you know. Yeah, they show up to the ferry. And one of my favorites is he's like, I'm late, but I'm getting on the ferry. He's kind of telling us what's happening. Yeah. And then Bowen Yang just leans over the side of the ferry and just says, get on the fucking <laughs> boat. And I was like, oh, this movie is 
Yes, here for it. <laughs> it is sort of chaotic, and I do really love that aspect of it. Yes, and we do find out that because he missed all his trains to get to the ferry, he took a lift that would have cost about $300. Yeah. And had to put it all on a credit card. And they're like, who the fuck gave you a credit card? And he says, Amanda at Forever 21, which means that it's like a Forever 21 credit card that he's putting lifts and stuff on, which I find hilarious. Yeah, you get points. You can spend those points at Forever 21, baby. I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know if that's how it works, but I assume it's like a Southwest credit card or something. I don't think so. Oh, um, I have no I, idea. I, no. I think it's like any other clothing company credit card where it's a, got like a terrible... Uh, like a terrible interest rate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just. I thought you could only use those at the store, though. It's a, a lot of them partner with like, okay. you know, a bank now. So you can use it at Forever 21 and Uber. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not my fancy Southwest uh, Chase credit card right. where I just keep racking up those points. But this is where they kind of reveal that they're they're poor. They've been poor for a long time. It's not going to change anytime soon. And they all met waiting tables at a terrible brunch restaurant. Fuck, Paige, those flashbacks to that restaurant reminded me so much of my restaurant days, and I loved it. When Bo and Yang... Spits some, in the fucking, like, mimosas. In, in one of the flashbacks... Oh, I guess it's, like, right here. It so is, give me, yeah. when, when we get to it, I'll get... We kind of introduce everyone else. We have Luke and Keegan, who met in theater school, and then got kicked out, but still think they're stars, which is great. We've got Max, who is uptight and reading, and he's kind of the, like... He's not really drinking. He's not doing drugs. He's very kind of straight laced. Mm -hmm. But they do say they're like, secretly, though, he parties. He just wants everyone to think he doesn't. But he's the guy reading the Madeleine Albright book. Right. Yeah. And then there's Howie, uh, who is Bo and Yang. And he basically is like, he's got his shit together. He left us for a job in San Francisco, but he flies out every year for this trip. Yeah. Specifically. And we do cut to, at this point, a flashback of them meeting as waiters where someone at brunch has confused one for the other. They don't look anything alike. They they could not look more different, to be honest with the you. The guy calls him Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, It's not yes. that he confuses Ooh. them. He's just super racist to them. Yeah, well, and, and but he says Jackie Chan and doesn't motion which one. He, like, points at one, then <sighs> the other. It's... It's horrifyingly racist. Yeah. And my favorite is that Bo and Yang responds by drinking orange juice directly out of their pitcher. Yeah. And then Joel <laughs> Kim Booster spits in his orange juice. And I was like, yes. So funny. Get that revenge. Do it. This is also where, so Noah, Joel Kim Booster, takes off his shirt. Yeah. Which it's a sunny day on the ferry. And they're just like, oh, stereotypes, basically like shirtless, hot gay dude. And this is where a very brief discussion of the no fats, no femmes, no Asians happens. And when they mention it in the shot is literally in order, fats, femmes, and Asians. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. This is one of those things that I just didn't know because I'm not really yeah. plugged into that culture. Outside of like what I see on RuPaul's Drag Race, I have some gay friends, but like I don't hang out with them often. Like I've been to play with them before, but it's not like play is a gay club here in town, but it's not like yeah, I, phrasing. Yeah. I'm not plugged into the vernacular, if that makes sense. So like that, that was sort of new for me, that whole, yeah. um, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Well, I feel like this movie does a pretty great job of, if you're not familiar with that culture of kind of explaining things as yeah. it goes, I agree. Uh, like yeah. tea time and things like that. And I thought, I thought that was great. Cause yeah, you me know, too. Yeah. I'm an ignorant, ignorant man. Yeah. I'm a stupid white man. So you have to like, hand hold me and explain these things and this movie does a great job of that it does a great job they get to fire island 
They have to walk to the house. And there's this whole discussion of why say hi to people you don't want to sleep with, which I found hilarious because it's this like hi like why are you saying hi to that person to only say hi to people you want to sleep with and then a group of super hot guys comes by and he's like hi and the guy just goes no way and you're just like oh that's so harsh oh man yeah it was funny though it's so funny so this is where we first kind of jump into the dynamic between noah and howie yeah where Noah's Fire Island MO is that he always comes, hooks up with people, goes home, whatever. Howie has never had a boyfriend and is definitely more invested in kind of more traditional notions of romance of maybe something longer lasting, maybe potentially lightly monogamous potentially and noah is like you just got to get laid while you're here bro like come on like why not and he's like well you're here with books like who would read on fire island he's like anyone (laughs) could fuck on fire island i'm here to relax and read yeah but he basically says i'm not going to get laid until you do that's going to be what i'm working on for this week essentially so we cut to the house where they're staying which is owned by Margaret Cho. Her yes. character's name is Erin. Yeah. And we find out that she was, and if you've ever worked food service or even retail, there's always these people that are like lifers in the industry. They're always like 10 to 20 years older than everyone else. They fucking love their job. They somehow have a ton of money. You have no idea where or how they got it, but they never seem to be actually poor. And they're just like, I'm here to serve brunch for life. She's one of those people. And we do find out how she got her money. Eating glass at a chain restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Swallowed a piece (laughs) of glass at what sounded like Olive Garden. (laughs) When you're here, your intestines are damaged. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with a lot of that money, she bought this house on Fire Island that they have then been staying at for 10 years. So it's basically their go-to, and that's kind of how she got it. The archetype of this at the place where I worked uh, was a lovely, wonderful man that I love dearly named Skip, oh. uh, who was in Beverly Hills Cop. He'd just like, been an actor in Hollywood for so long. Yeah, but just like in the background. <laughs> like not not like a super, you know, prominent role or anything, but he's been in just like a bunch of stuff. Like a, like an extra? Yeah, like an extra. Okay, cool. And then he was a, a waiter forever at super high-end restaurants. Okay. I mean, they make really good money. So like yeah, yeah, to the point where some of the chefs who founded those restaurants would take him from restaurant to restaurant yeah. to work for them. And he had just like stashed all the money <laughs> or something. And so he was just working at Sur La Table to pass the fucking time. <laughs> and it was the wildest thing. But he was our Margaret Cho. I once met a guy in San Diego who was like 55 and he mentioned that he was a waiter. And I was like, you're a waiter at 55. And he was like, oh, yeah, I work at a very high end restaurant and I make what I call stripper money. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I make like three, four grand a night. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah. I work four nights a week. Yep. And I make and he told me what he made the year before. And I was like so mad that I went to college you know like it was like one of those conversations there are certain restaurants in Hollywood and and it's so hard to get a job there you usually have to apply with a headshot it's like a whole thing um but there I remember sitting in the green room with a guy who was a waiter at the Ivy which is like Rodeo like that is peak and he had 70 grand in tips Jesus just tips yeah 
from like the last six months and he was trying to find a way to like hide it for taxes. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, do you sell Coke? He's like, no, I'm a waiter. <laughs> no, I'm just a waiter. So Margaret Cho, waitress extraordinaire. And Fire Island homeowner. Fire Island homeowner. And we do get a little more of a continuation of Howie and Noah's conversation where Howie's like, I feel lonely here. Like, I know there's a ton of people here, but all of everyone hooking up around me makes me feel worse and lonelier. Yeah. No, I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% get that. When I was single, events like that used to make me feel so like, and he says existentially lonely, and I'm like, absolutely. Where it's like inescapable. It's oppressive loneliness and stuff like that. I think he also describes it at one point as feeling sort of invisible, and that made me super yeah. sad, but that's, I, I have experienced that. Like, I know what that feels like, and it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Especially like in his situation in this movie, like the guy he like wants to hook up with and seems into him, like uh, pairs off with somebody else at one point. And I have been at a party where that sort of thing happened. Oh, and I was yeah. like, ah, oh, shit. Like, I know that feeling and it sucks. I have had many versions of that. Uh, this is also why I don't enjoy clubs. I, I used to go to gay clubs because th- I'm not an option. So it doesn't matter. And it's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. And they typically are way more fun. So much. But straight clubs were so oppressively terrible yeah. that I was like, I, I can't do this. And I will never forget going to a party with a friend. It was like at his house. I like went to his house for the party and he's extremely attractive, just like baseline. And I was there just as a friend because we're friends and we were talking. And the what's somehow even worse than feeling invisible is having a weird hot girl target on your back where girls were just like, like we would be talking and they'd be budding and they're like, excuse me, can I steal him for a sec? And you're just like, I'm just trying to say hi to my friend. And it was like, I ended up going and finding other friends at the party and barely seeing my friend the entire night because I couldn't handle constantly being pushed out of the way by hotter women. And I was like, I'm just trying, I was trying to get a tour of the house, but apparently like <laughs> it's too much. I hated like going quote unquote clubbing or whatever. Like I, I think I've been literally two or three times in my life and I hated it every time. I just yeah. did not like that experience at all. It's not for me. I, I like a good light up dance floor. This is not to procure a mate, but <laughs> why does it sound like you have a lab coat on right now? Because I only date lizards. <laughs> you want to go out sometime? But they're used to me. When I first yes, moved to Nashville. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when I first moved to Nashville, this was a long time ago, so it wasn't as big as it is now. There was a club that was an old strip club, but if they converted it to a dance club. There's one of those in San Diego as well the whole dance floor was like a light up like the floor lights up there's poles everywhere i would just get drunk off my ass and i would like twirl on this thing and i would be like all right let's go get a hot dog (laughs) listen baby we gotta get go out of (laughs) here i had a large group of friends back then and it was like guys and girls and we always had fun and like yeah sometimes we'd hook up but like you know sometimes most of the time we just had fun see that that sounds slightly better except as a woman in that situation you're also constantly being groped or grabbed that's why they liked coming with us right because you know when like four girls come with like six guys right like they they do it so they can dance and then like we like had a perimeter or the flip side of like you're there and you're single and you're like i am dancing would gladly dance with someone and then people are just like no yeah <laughs> and you're just like fuck these people no thanks hard pass yeah of course one night i seduced a whole bachelorette party on that dance floor 
That does not at all surprise me because Mikey is charming as fuck. I'm going to be honest with you. The fact that he charmed just the entire bridal party surprises me. I'm surprised it wasn't everyone on the dance floor just glamored watching Mikey shake his stuff. Uh, technically, that was everyone on the dance floor because it was <laughs> I stand corrected. PM. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I also only fell twice. <laughs> Only twice. Okay. Anyway, so back to this movie. Howie lays out kind of the things that he wants. Like, if I'm going to get laid this week, this is what I want. He has to be nice to me. (laughs) Sad that we have to say it, but you know. I know, right? That's like the most basic thing. You'd be surprised. I mean, like, I've had many friends who are girls come to me and they're like, my friends with benefits just like treats me bad. Or he like said this or that. I'm like, hi, you're a woman. not looking for commitment and you just want to sleep with someone you can choose that person to be nice i was like i'm sure tons of guys would line up to sleep with you and one or two of them will bring you a mcdouble on the way i mean a that sounds amazing b that's not necessarily (laughs) true because sometimes if you are a woman who's not the societal beauty norm it is very difficult to find those people and so Oftentimes, you are limited. I mean, I've had variety of gorgeous to non-conformity looks all say the same thing. Because guys, mm-hmm. guys are assholes at all levels. Yeah. It's almost like it's not her fault for choosing as much as it's his fault for being an asshole. Oh, yeah. Definitely his fault for being an asshole. All she did was want to fuck him. What is her crime and all that? Like, you could be nice to that person who's willing to give you sex. Yep, you're welcome. Now we're in systems theory because there's like every relationship <laughs> is a systems. And like the way they react and how you react all play together. So like once someone does something to you, you have to not accept it. Yes, no, I, I agree. <laughs> she could have put up a boundary. I understand that. But like as a guy who has been in a like friends with benefits type situation, you always treat that person well because yeah, they have more options than you do as a man. I mean, again, not really because you guys could kill us. Hey, I could die of dehydration when the room is too hot. So it's basically the same thing. <laughs> it is not, Mikey. <laughs> not anyway. Nice to me. And then he can't be a fetish guy. That was the one that I was like, oh, yeah, that. Uh, because as a big lady, there have been many weird DMs from people who are just like, I'm sending you a picture of like a jumbo jack. Does that turn you on? And I'm like, no, I'm an adult with money. I can get jumbo jacks whenever I want. Like, what are you talking? Stop it. Just take me to the movies and hold my hand like a normal person. <laughs> Tell me more about this jumbo jack. Are we talking about Jack in the Box jumbo jack? Is yes. that Jack in the Box? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jack in the Box jumbo jacks, but they were arranged in a pyramid. He had like unwrapped all of them and then arranged them. And I was like, I don't, first of all, I can max eat maybe one jumbo jack. They're pretty big, yeah. That's a rookie number. You got to pump those numbers up. I cut it in half and put half in the fridge for dinner. Nonsense. <laughs> also, like, when I'm binge eating, it usually means, like, I've accepted that I'm not fit to be around another being right now, <laughs> and I don't want anyone to see me eat a sack full of crystals with cheese. You don't want to see it. You don't want to see that many wings go in and out. Like, the crystals are greasy. Like, I may have an unhealthy relationship with food. I think yeah, maybe. you definitely do. <laughs> I, I had many offers from guys who wanted to take me out to dinner just to watch me eat and what? i was like no let's go out to dinner so that we both eat dinner and talk but like no they wanted to watch me eat so i understand this request of like please no fetish guys because i'm like i just please just like me for me and not because i'm chubby no i get that two page because i get some dms that are like why don't you introduce me to your family or like why can't we get serious or and you're like listen i'm not into monogamy role play yeah 
I mean, everyone has their own thing. So everyone has their own fetish. Some are more vanilla than others, but like you've got to find your people. Right. And then stick with your people. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not for like a, you want to meet my friends and you want to like see my house. I mean, like, come on. Here's my thing. If both people are like, I'm into that. Great. Yeah. If I have not expressed any of that to you and then you're just messaging me crazy shit. No, thank you. I did not say that I was into this. I didn't ask you for this picture of a pyramid of burgers. Please stop. Like, if I was like, hey, I really want someone to watch me eat. And you were like, I'm happy to do that for you. Yeah. That's different. Instead of just being like, let's go out. And just so you know, I kind of just want to watch you eat. Like, no, thank you. Like, would order you food to watch you eat, but not eat along with you? Right. That's so weird. I cannot even imagine this because I cannot even be like, you have nice boobs. I would like to see your boobs. Like, that is not like that's not appropriate. Here's what's terrible. That makes more sense to me. And I'm just like, (laughs) I mean, I enjoy having these boobs for someone that I like very much and am in a relationship with. You can most certainly see these boobs. Please ask me to see them all the time. But like (laughs) when she's at home and only around Jake, she does wear a shirt that says, ask to see my boobs. Ask me about these tits. (laughs) But like, but similarly, I don't love getting DMs. They're just like, show me them titties. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, what the fuck? That's why I would never send that. Me either. Yes. Do I have the thought that I like boobs all the time? That thought's there. Absolutely. I I just push it out of my mind because you can't. That's not appropriate. Because you're an adult man who can control his impulses but then to be right. like at the same time like you know like okay you can get a creepy dm from a guy like two dates in like a creepy text like oh hey you know like mm-hmm. but like to go beyond <laughs> that and be like hey i want to put a diaper on and sit in the giant crib i made in my guest spare room and like have you like change my diaper yeah mikey i've been meaning to talk to you about that crib in your guest room this happened to one of my female friends. What? Yeah. yeah. The messages asking to watch me eat happened before any dates had ever happened. Yeah. What? That's what I'm talking this, about. This Paige. is like out of the gate. People have balls of steel to send stuff like that. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable asking for my hair to be played with on a bad day until four weeks in when I'm feeling sad. Okay. And these were opening lines sometimes from people. Oh. Just like not even hi. Just can I watch you eat? Mm-mm. No, thank you. No, no, Todd. Well, for Todd, it would be instructional. It'd be like, this is how you eat, you <laughs> oh, skinny yeah. titty baby bitch. <laughs> I was just sitting here quietly waiting to move on, and then I get roped in. Uh, I'm sorry. I've had my piece of lettuce. The rest of the dinner will be me en- watching you enjoy your food. Oh, I have watched yeah. Paige eat at what I will call the dumbest Applebee's this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> And honestly, it wasn't weird. Like it did nothing for me. But I mean, Paige, it was normal. It was it was a very normal experience. I can eat. I physically have the capabilities. Unlike that waitress's capability to understand dairy <laughs> yeah. and gluten free. Paige ordered an appetizer sampler, and then Todd ordered a water and two packages of club crackers because they're free, and I'm on a budget. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Order club crackers. Anyway, let's get back into this. Oh movie. shit! Yeah, we got to move on. Yeah, we're an hour into this recording. Literally, we just ticked over to the hour mark and we have talked <laughs> yeah. about, are they even on fire? Oh, they just got to the, the house at Margaret Cho's house. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're at the house. What I do think is funny is as as they kind of emerge from that conversation, we overhear, uh, I think it's Keegan and Luke talking about how Margaret Cho should put in a hot tub because it kills STIs. And I'm just like, that's not true. No, it does not. Oh, 
I do have a fun fact before we move on. About hot tubs? No, I looked. I was like, why <laughs> did they name it Fire Island? Oh, yeah. Tell us. They're, the guy who founded Fire Island, he was named Bernie and he died and they had to, they had to prop him up as the, as the center of government. I walked oh, right into you it. You beautiful bastard. I love you so much. Uh, you walked right into that page. Your brain is a loof of trash. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I made that joke just to make you angry. I'm so sorry. Now you don't get to watch me eat. Remember that time you guys watched me eat two hot dogs in succession during an episode? Yeah. I had to cut out that 12 seconds. Uh, that video <laughs> clip is yours if you join the FU level on Patreon. The FU money, I have FU money on Patreon. Uh, so for a thousand dollars a month, you can watch Paige eat that hot dog. Oh, if somebody wants to pay a thousand dollars a month to watch me eat, yeah, just let me know. Hit me up. So as Joel Kim Booster Noah comes out of the house, he accidentally like trips and fumbles his phone into the pool. Oh, yes. so funny! So funny. Which I was a very convenient and funny way to get rid of the phone yeah in the movie as a device i do love the, the it like smash cuts to him throwing the phone in a bowl and dumping rice on it yeah uh, and we find out that the reason that it the phone breaks is because it's an iphone 6 yeah so like it's like so the oldest funny. phone in the world because later on in the movie he'll throw someone's phone in the pool and they're like they're waterproof now <laughs> like, yeah that joke was such a good throwback it was <laughs> so good yeah, but that's dex dex uh. gets his phone thrown in the pool at the end for things we'll talk about later they should have cracked it in half should have broke Anyways. his fucking face Anyway, so they get the phone in a bowl of rice and Margaret Cho tells them some terrible news that she is broke because she's bad with money and invested in Quibi. Uh, and I have some fun fucking facts about that uh, that I will talk about in fun facts. I love that they name dropped Quibi. I, I cannot tell you how funny <laughs> I thought that was. <laughs> It'll be even funnier in fun facts, by the way. Hell yeah. uh, so. Uh, she has to sell the house, and so this will be their last summer there. Yeah. So they're going to basically make a week of it. It's their last time. And they get ready to go to tea, which is uh, basically the first party that they're there for. But as they're getting ready, Keegan asks if anyone will trade a Crest white strip for a prep pill, <laughs> which might be the funniest thing I've ever heard anyone say. It was very funny. First of all, are those equal no. trading wise? No, they're not. <laughs> like, I mean, they're. I know they're not equal in effectiveness. Right. But I was just like, what's the street value of a Crest white strip? And that's just going to make your teeth hurt. Crest white strips make your teeth hurt. I mean, it's it literally is just like a I'm about to go out for the night, possibly to get laid. So I need my teeth to look white and be protected from the potential exposure that might happen of an STI. But all I have to say is if you're going to be wrapping your lips around your teeth so as not to snag your teeth on someone's skin, perhaps that would hurt like a bitch after putting a Crest white strip on. So... I think you have sensitive teeth, Paige. No, it made me foam at the mouth and it hurt like like any touching of the teeth hurt terribly bad. Foaming at the mouth is my favorite part of all that. <laughs> Mikey has what we call in the business a Beethoven fetish. <laughs> oh, like the dog? Yeah, not like Beethoven's <laughs> symphony. You mean like Cujo? <laughs> no, I was like, Beethoven did Beethoven die of a, a seizure or something? <laughs> I was, I was, I was picturing like historical Beethoven playing the piano, just like you were so confident. I was like, Beethoven died of foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Beethoven had rabies. 
<laughs> so they go to the tea dance and we get a little bit of a backstory of why this party exists. And it goes back to when it was illegal to basically engage in homosexual activity in public. Yeah. And so it's kind of in celebration of the now legality of that. So everyone there is on Grinder, which I find hilarious because it's like two steps from you. <laughs> Just like yeah. is everybody there. Anyway, they they have fun. They're dancing, but they spot a group of hot guys and they're kind of they kind of like wave and smile. And Noah is like, well, I'm going to go over and get a couple drinks and figure it all out. So he gets over there and a total weirdo at the bar. And I say weirdo like it's a strange mustache, strange haircut, bizarre headband, bad conversation. (laughs) Like just and and he just literally opens with, are you Korean? I have a sense. And he's like, I don't what? I'm so sorry. And he tries, Noah tries to snag one of the hot guys he's going to talk to and pretend that he's his boyfriend. Yeah, and that's to Will. To get this guy to go away. And it is Will. Yeah. And this guy does not care. He's just like, what's happening? I'll get two Shirley Temples, which, but Shirley Temples, <laughs> like, you're on Fire <laughs> Island. What's wrong with you? I actually understood that part because I don't drink alcohol. So, like, well, the Shirley Temple was the founder the great Bernie Lomax's favorite drink. <laughs> you son of a bitch. It's funny every time. Paige agrees. That's why head in hand, she's about to start crying. But yeah, she thinks it's funny. I did like that Will was like, I don't know what's going on, so I'm going to leave. And he like walks away. Yeah. He is like not on board to play boyfriend. Have you guys ever been grabbed by a close friend who was like, hey, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I need you to be my boyfriend or slash girlfriend for the night? I, I had to play wife when I went and saw Batman. Oh, yeah? The, mo- the most recent Batman. Were you playing was, wife because you went with your husband, Jake? No, I was not with Jake. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I, I was with one of, one of my very good friends and like also roast battler. And we had actually uh, started the movie with three people where like another guy was with us and then left in the middle of the movie and we were like, we thought he was just going to the bathroom, but then he was just gone. But because we didn't know where he'd gone, we kind of like walked out of the theater and we're kind of like looking around for a minute to just like see if he showed up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll see if he's near the bathrooms. I'll be right back. So I come back and Doug is like surrounded by Batman nerds who were just like, see, in the comic books, oh, it's God. this character. And they just like won't sound. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then sees me as I come out of the bathroom. He's like, Perfect, honey. Uh, we gotta. You got uh, work tomorrow, right? Yeah, we gotta go. He's like, I gotta get this little lady home. Sorry, friends, but we, we gotta. We gotta bounce. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, sure. Love you. Bye. <laughs> but that's one of those ones where you just yes and. You're like, I trust this person enough. Yeah, I've done it before too. I mean, nothing happened. Like I, I, I had a girlfriend at the time, but we were at a um a fraternity party. My girlfriend wasn't there. And I don't know if the girl who I did this for had a boyfriend, but she just came up to me and was like, pretend to be my boyfriend for the next 40 minutes. There's a guy who will not leave me alone. So I was like, okay, cool. And I hung out with her. She was nice. I never saw her again after that night, but you know. Yeah. I would always be the one they came up to and they would, you know, be like, this guy's getting my nerves. He would come up or something. They would come up and like one time and he was like a smaller dude, like Todd. (laughs) He was in fact a titty baby bitch. Yeah. And then he touched her inappropriately and then like, she like, just like Todd. What? What? I had to grab him and he wanted to fight me and you know, I'm like a counselor or whatever so I solved it with my words and I just said, I am much bigger than you. Please leave or I will hurt you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's how you solve fights with words. Did he leave, Mikey? Yeah. If you take a pause and you like size it up, I'm like, you know, I was bigger than him. And like, you know, <laughs> he, he may have won, but like, I think he knew, like, well, oh, this is not gonna like look good. Right. Like, why fight someone unless you can like look really cool? You know what I'm saying? That's what I learned from all those Steven Seagal tapes back in the 90s. See, you gotta start watching Van Damme tapes. <laughs> oh, you mean Sean Claude Van Damme? Sean Claude Van Damme. Sean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> anyway, so they look up like while Noah's trying to get drinks the rest of the group looks up his Instagram they find out his name is Charlie they're snooping and Noah comes back and is like somebody else is gonna have to get drinks because that guy just would not stop bothering him but as he does the whole group kind of walks their way and passes them yeah and so as they're passing Noah pushes Howie towards them which causes Charlie to stop because Howie like falls down some stairs yeah and they kind of have like a little meet cute and they all decide to go watch the sunset on the dock, which I love is the one of my favorites. Scene. Yeah, same page. Dude, the countdown for sunset is my favorite. So funny. They're so funny. Because the sun takes so long to set. Just in general, <laughs> it's something you could never count down. But they're still just like nine, eight, one, one point three. They're like point nine. <laughs> Point eight, point seven, oh, and eventually it so does go funny. away, and they they yell zero, and then everyone cheers, and they all cheer, and that's so so, so funny. Yeah, it's so. Uh, great. But this is where we kind of learn who this other group is. So Charlie's a doctor, Will is a lawyer, and Cooper is a brand manager. Uh, which is essentially influencer. <laughs> this is also where we learn that Noah works as a nurse in a free clinic where he, quote, steals doxycycline for prophylactic purposes. And I was like, I have had some free doxycycline that way. <laughs> oh, really? Doxycycline is usually used most often for yeast infections or urinary tract infections. Okay. But it is an antibiotic. Okay, cool. And uh, when I worked in retail widely traded uh because if you work too many retail hours or if you work back to back to back to back retail jobs you're running around in jeans all day sweating yeah and it can cause a lot of those issues <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> so yeah doxycycline was widely swapped all right anyway so they count down the sunset it's super fun they get invited to a party back at the other group's place uh, where they have a hot tub and because Margaret Cho doesn't have a hot tub, they're definitely going to go to that party. Yeah. So we cut to them walking over to the party where they're bringing a half drunk bottle of wine because they were like, well, they didn't say they have to bring anything, but it feels weird if we don't. And then they see the house and it's massive. It's this huge house right on the beach. And so Margaret Cho throws the bottle just off screen. And then we just hear a scream as it hits somebody. <laughs> and we hear a guy go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. Hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we get some more voiceover, which is uh, Noah saying people usually think that Fire Island is all hot, white, rich guys with 70% body fat. And all of them are at this party. It's 7% body fat, not 7% sorry. body fat. Yeah. I, I have seven in my notes. I just can't read. And I'm <laughs> okay. sorry that I had to tell you now. <laughs> it's a nice house, though. It's a beautiful house. Yeah. Anyway, they're all at the party. And... <laughs> They enter, and one of my favorite recurring jokes in this movie is that at any point that they enter this house, because they'll go back to this house a handful of times, Yeah, Brayden, one of the group, is always halfway down the stairs. He's always on the same step every time and just says, can I help you? Yeah. 
every time. Like a Von Trapp who's been told to go to bed three times. He's hanging out <laughs> on the steps waiting to ask, can I help you with something? Yeah. So long, farewell, your penis in my mouth. Yes. Mikey, this is from The Sound the of sound Music. The Sound of Music. Yeah, okay. Yes. Don't the Nazis come in and kill that whole family at the end? No. no? That is not at all what happens. I'm out then. <laughs> yeah. Mikey famously hates movies where <laughs> Nazis don't win at the end of it. If you're singing. All right. That's fair. I mean, that, that means the producer is still in. Yeah. <laughs> Which is honestly a hilarious musical. <laughs> anyway, so they basically are like, well, we know this guy that invited us. They show they, they show up at the top of the stairs. Everything's cool. They come into the party and immediately Luke and Keegan are like raiding the fridge and the bar. They find a whole bunch of cheese. And I was like, these two are my people. Like, I love that they take the cheese ooh. and liquor to the hot tub and they're like, yeah, they make a cheese it plate. Yeah. It's amazing. They make an alcohol and cheese charcuterie board and they're like walking to the I hot tub it. with it. It's amazing. Well, they do raid these people's things. I mean, that's kind of rude. I don't know. You're having a party. I don't know. Here's what's rude. Having a party. And having that much cheese in your possession and not doing a grazing board. What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. Just leaving that much cheese in the fridge like it's for you later, please. Right? They have a whole group there. Yeah, but they're also having a party, which means that it's you're going to have to buy other stuff. It's an after party. Which is a different kind of party. It's not a charcuterie kind of party. I'm very socialist when it comes to other people's cheese. It's I'm very much like your cheese is our cheese. Nah, man. I earn this cheese. <laughs> I'm going to say that any party is a charcuterie party. I agree, Paige. It is your responsibility if you are hosting a party to have hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres, as Mikey calls them. Hors yeah. d'oeuvres. But they have conservatively half a cheese shop full of cheese in this fridge. Yeah. And it's not out? Not good hosting. No. Honestly, I feel like Keegan and Luke are doing them a favor. Yeah, because now this party went from like, okay, to delicious. Anyway, so we cut over to Howie, who's talking to Charlie, and he's basically describing the sketch Gaze in Space to him. Yes. Gaze in Space. Which I found very funny because he's on SNL. And he's explaining. Yeah, he's he's both a, a writer and actor on SNL currently. <laughs> yeah, he's like explaining old SNL sketches to someone. He is like they're forming a bond, right? He and Charlie, right? right? They're like pairing off. Right. Yeah. And we also reveal because Charlie gets kind of dragged away to do something else. Yeah. But Noah comes over and is like. What are you talking to him? Like, please tell me you didn't spend this entire time talking to him about SNL sketches. And they revealed that someone they knew thought that Lindsey Graham was in the parent trap. Oh, God. And I my love favorite this is joke. they end the scene and Bowen Yang is just like, I'd watch that. I mean, who <laughs> wouldn't watch that? I, I would 100 percent watch that. Yeah. Oh, it'd be hysterical. Because it would be like Lindsey Graham. As Lindsay Lohan's characters, as two children. <laughs> two twins, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, trying exactly. To re reunite his, his parents. Yes. Piercing their ears in the cabin all uh -huh. night. <laughs> so Noah goes upstairs and he's going through Charlie's toiletries to basically see, like, learn more about him. But as he's doing it, Charlie and Will walk in and he hides, but hears them basically talking about them. Yeah. And Will is trying to kind of warn Charlie. Like these are all vapid morons. They're drinking us out of house and home. 
And Noah is not hot enough to be as annoying as he is, which is harsh. It is. And Noah overhears this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he comes back down to Howie and was like, we need to leave. These people are assholes, basically. And as he does, Charlie and Will come back down and they're all kind of talking like, oh, you're leaving so soon. Like, what's going on? And as that's happening, Luke and Keegan are carrying all that cheese to the hot tub. <laughs> Very, very drunk. I love that. And so Margaret Cho and Joel Kim Booster are like, we'll get them. We'll corral them. Howie, you stay. We're going to get them out of the way. And as they get them out of the pool, which we're overhearing them like, not the breach. Just like <laughs> madness in the background. <laughs> they corral them away from the pool. And as they're about to leave, Luke vomits into a giant vase. Oh, yeah. And they take him out and he reacts much like every drunk bachelorette party girl who's just like, I threw up. <laughs> like, like, I want to be puked. And it's that made me laugh very hard as well. It is very funny. Pretty much any time uh, Keegan and Luke are like together in a scene, they are stealing it. And I'm here for it. Oh, so wonderful. Love every bit of They're it. They're the two that met in theater like their theater school yeah. yes so like yeah. they are those characters so well to me i i just think they do a great <laughs> job with those characters yeah just, I, I threw it. and at one point because keegan's kind of like carrying him keegan just goes think about how skinny you will be <laughs> like, i didn't hear that's that that's a hilarious. horrible thing to say yeah. but in this scene because he's crying about puking it's very funny so we cut to the next morning. Noah wakes up and Howie's not there because they're sharing a room. And Howie hasn't made it home. He hasn't texted anybody. So he goes to the house to check on him, finds out that he drank too much and ended up throwing up in the bathroom all night, but that Charlie stayed with him all night to make sure that he was okay. Yeah. Um, he also kind of runs into Will and is kind of a dick to Will, but without telling him why, which is a very Jane Austen-y thing of just like, I'm <laughs> angry and you vex me so. And it's like, why? And it's like, I can't even get into it. <laughs> it's the vague booking of the book world. World. It's the cornerstone of romantic comedies. No communication. Yeah, it's just I'm mad and I'm not going to communicate with you about why I'm mad. Yeah, this could have been a misunderstanding, but we'll never know because I'm not going to talk to you about it. We'll never know. Never know. But they go home. But before they do, on their way, they invite them all for dinner to kind of repay them for puking in the vase and the whole cheese hot tub fiasco. Yeah. They're about to leave and Charlie comes in and kind of interrupts them and he just says, how's our patient? Because Charlie's a doctor. And Noah responds with, he's pregnant and he's planning on keeping it. <laughs> Which is funny. Very funny. And but Will they, laughed in the background. Yeah, Will does laugh in the background. <laughs> Will laughs in the background. Uh, they invite them to dinner. They go back to tell Margaret Cho, like, by the way, we planned a dinner party at your house, didn't tell you. And she's like, you can't just like spring this on me. And they're like, okay, we'll cancel it. And she's like, I would rather die. Here's my credit card. <laughs> Wonderful. So they go to the pantry, like the local grocery store on the island. Everything's overpriced because it's like the only game in town. And they're having to dent cans to like try and get discounts on them. Yeah. And this is where they run into a super hot guy by the produce section who helps them dent cans because he's like, I'm poor, too. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And they leave 
And they're kind of walking back and they now have like the hot dude in tow. We'll learn that his name is Dex. And he and Noah are kind of hitting it off. And as they're walking home, they pass the crew from the party the night before. And there's definitely some animosity between Will and Dex. Yeah. There's clearly something going on. But of course, no one's going to say anything about it because that would be communicating. (laughs) And that would be very on Jane Austen like. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Very Bridgerton of them. Yes. So... They go home and we cut to as kind of Margaret Cho's working on dinner. They're all kind of hanging out at the house and Noah is sitting by the pool and reading and the other group kind of starts to trickle in. And so there's kind of that thing that happens in Jane Austen stories of like people leave people with other people to talk to them and kind of like, well, I'm we're going to go over here. You two should stay over here. This whole kind of thing where Charlie and Howie end up kind of talking again and uh, Will and Noah end up talking about his book. And it turns out that Will reads a lot as well and is familiar with the author. And they're kind of like exchanging information and talking about this book, but not in a very friendly way, <laughs> but very much like Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. Will is our Mr. Darcy in this movie, yes. essentially. And it's a very kind of combative flirting <laughs> in a way. So as they're reading, Dex shows up and... Luke and Keegan kind of immediately kind of swoop and they're just like, you're coming with us, hot Dex. And they basically say that we're going to play a game, a little game with Dex. Don't even worry about it. And he says, what kind of game is it? And they say, low stakes, real chill. And then we smash cut to them playing the most aggressive game of catchphrase we've ever seen. I love it so much. Deceased. It was so funny. Because it is very much like them giving the same clue every time. But like, if you don't get it once, you've got to move on to another clue. Like, you've got to do it. Oh, let's not attack them because that is a very clear cut answer yes. there. They should have got yes. that. I mean, I would have got it, but that's because I celebrate Joe Pesci's entire movie catalog. So, of <laughs> course, I know my cousin Vinny really well. But Will clearly does not. He was too busy in lawyering school to have watched that movie, I guess. I don't know. If you're a lawyer and you haven't seen my cousin Vinny, what are you doing with oh, your life? Oh shit, I didn't even think about that. He definitely should have known that. Right? Yeah. Anyway, it's Marissa Tomei. He can't guess it. Yeah, they're right to be yelling at him. I take it back. They're literally yelling her lines from the film yeah. in unison as she performed them. It's so <laughs> Just funny. Just like, they're wrong though. <laughs> It was amazing. And he guesses Rosie Perez and a bunch of stuff. And he runs out of time. And then my favorite is they're like, you said Alicia Vikander before you said Marissa Tomei. I was living. And then we cut to Max. This is one of the few times Max gets a line in the first act of this movie. And Max just goes, she was very good in Ex Machina. It's <laughs> like, he's right, though. Yeah. She was great in it. But. So Dex and Noah kind of sneak out to talk and Noah kind of asks Dex, like, how do you know them? And they're in the um, they're in the kitchen. They've snuck out to the kitchen. And he's like, did you guys used to sleep together? Like, what's the deal with you and Will? And he's like, no. Uh, he's like, I have an OnlyFans. And he he didn't think it was OK that I was a sex worker. And we will find out that that is not true. But that's the version that Noah has gotten. And mm. they kiss and As they kind of pull back from the kiss, Margaret Cho comes in and is like, dinner is served, tongue pop. We cut to (laughs) dinner and she's telling a story about basically trying to use the light from a flip phone to see if someone had crabs 
and then proceeding with the sexual encounter anyway at a place called the Meat Rack, which is essentially a, like a woodland trail kind yeah. of where the implication is that people are having sexual liaisons along this woodland trail just off the trail. Because there are so many people packed into these houses that there are no private spaces. So you have to like go into the woods to fuck, which I thought was funny right? as a premise anyway. But the fact that they call it a meat rack, yeah. extra <laughs> funny. Extra funny. Yeah. But I did love that Margaret show mentions that like they still proceeded with a sexual encounter, even though she had crabs and they were, they stayed together for like two years and they just told all their friends that they met at red lobster. <laughs> I thought that shit was hilarious. It is both a, an upsetting and hilarious story. Yes. So they all have had fun at dinner and Noah brings up at dinner that they're going to, this is the last time they're going to get to do this. They're going to have to leave the house. But he, they, this is where they kind of set up like he's the air quote sensitive one. He's the one that cares about them as a family unit, essentially. Yeah. And we cut to we don't realize it immediately. We cut to a shot of what looks like Charlie jerking Howie off under the table. But we've <laughs> we cut to the next day where we find out that th- it was them talking about it. It did not actually happen. Well, I mean, we actually do see that shot, but it does reveal that it, yeah. w- it didn't actually happen. He's like sort of relaying the story of the night to somebody else. And he was like, right. and it, it, like it cuts in with Howie being like, I didn't jerk him off. And he's like, yeah, but that was the vibe, though. Like, yeah, that was the yeah. vibe. Uh, and they revealed that they left them alone in one of the bedrooms for 27 minutes, a.k.a. an episode of Chopped. <laughs> I thought that, that was very funny. And he was like, well, you can't have sex during an episode of Chopped. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, what'd you do instead? A puzzle. And it does show them. It shows all the options of like them doing a puzzle. But instead, we find out that they just sat and talked and it was very sweet. And they did kiss, but they kind of like got to know each other a little better yeah. on a more intimate level. It was very sweet. And. At this point, Noah's like, well, tonight you've got to seal the deal because it's the underwear party and there's a dark room in the underwear party where everyone hooks up. And we did find that room in this movie. We did. And also <laughs> he 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 basically is like, I want to sleep with Dex and I can't do that till you get laid. So like what's good let's yeah, do this because remember noah has this thing where he's not going to sleep with anybody until he gets howie to sleep with somebody right yeah so it's going to be the underwear party that night and he does tell them that like because they kind of insinuate like oh what about you and will because you were talking around the books and whatever and he's like no i heard from dex that will thinks we're all trash so fuck that guy yeah basically we cut to they dump all of their drugs on the table <laughs> And they have like, there's like one Molly pill. There's like one thing of ketamine. uh, There's some GHB and a, what was it? An edible and Adderall, which combined is kind of like Molly. And they kind of just like, I don't know, pick your poison, (laughs) take one. Uh, But what we do see is that Luke, GHB, you're supposed to literally just take like a cap full, like very little. And you're not supposed to drink when you take GHB because it kind of like, amplifies it and it can cause blackouts interesting uh but luke just kind of knocks back like half of the little jar of ghb yeah so max chooses not to take anything allegedly they go to the party and they walk instead of taking the water taxi because they couldn't afford it because it was like nine bucks a person and they 
go to the party. It's basically, it's a low level orgy on the dance floor and then an actual orgy in the back. Yeah. They all do their respective drugs, including one pill that someone found on the floor and they don't know what it was. It turns out to be Molly. So Noah's looking around. He, he sees Charlie kind of around, but he doesn't really see the other people. He ends up running into Will and he and Will kind of end up dancing and they kind of get bumped together. They do the Bridgerton season two of breathing super close to someone else's face. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Like. <sighs> That's how I gave Todd COVID. <laughs> all I could feel was your hot breath on my neck all night. <sighs> Ugh. No, no, I just got close because I had like a bug on you or something. <laughs> anyway, so Will is like, I kind of wanted to talk to you about something, but Cooper interrupts and drags Noah to the bathroom and he's like, so Will's like super rich and hot, but honestly, Charlie brought me along to hook up with Will. So if you could like back it on up. Yeah. He's like, because I'm moving to LA or wherever Will lives in six right. months. And, and I, I need a starter boyfriend. Yeah. So Dex shows up and kind of pulls him away because he's like, this is nonsense. Like, let's go nuts on the dance floor. They end up dancing. They make out. And then Dex goes to kind of drag him to the dark room in the back. Yeah. We do hear Noah's kind of internal monologue of like, ch like Charlie's totally going to hook up with Howie. I'm not going to worry about it. Mission accomplished. Wait, who was the last person that said that? Oh, no, George W. Bush. And realize that he's been saying it out loud. Yeah, I did love that the reveal of him just saying all that shit out loud. I thought that was very funny <laughs> because when he says George W. Bush, Dex is like, what? <laughs> so they get to the dark room. And just as he's about to go down on Dex, he sees Will there. And he gets kind of so surprised that he kind of like stands up and accidentally knocks Dex, who ends up with a bloody nose. I mean, he does go down on Dex for a, like probably 10 seconds. It's really quick, but he actually does yeah. fillet Dex a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so they all kind of like he runs outside. He chases after Will, leaving Dex there. Yeah. And as he does, he runs into Max, whose eyes are a little weird. And he's like, oh, no. Max found ketamine, either on accident or on purpose. I love this <laughs> so much because this is when Max looks in the mirror and goes, oh, my God, is that me? I'm gorgeous. It's so funny. And he's wearing like, um, I don't even know what you call it, like a spandex. Like, it looks like he's about to bobsled. It's like a very <laughs> It's like an Under Armour shirt. Yeah. Well, no, but it's like it's connected to shorts. It's like a one yeah, yeah, like kind a of singlet. Thing. Yeah, singlet. Thank it's you. A, a singlet. It mm -hmm. is amazing. And he does look yeah. gorgeous. And I will say it's a good practice every morning to just when you get up, look in the mirror and say, like, is that me? I'm, I'm gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> it can only improve your day. That is not what my mirror talk sounds like. You should you should change your mirror talk then. Yeah. My mirror talks like. I guess we're alive. We got to do this again. Oh, see, that's the problem. You got, <laughs> at, at minimum, you got to go with I'm gorgeous. And then you can graduate to like, I'm a fucking sexy ass bitch. And I'm going to go run this town. And it'll be great. Your mirror talk is very dark, Mikey. Yeah. My mirror talk is fun. Yeah, it is. Anyway, as he's trying to deal with Max, he notices that Charlie is dancing with some other dude and he doesn't see Howie anywhere. And Cooper informs him that that's Charlie's ex and they flew him out this morning. Yeah. What's his name? Rez or something like that? Rees. Rees. Okay. Rees. Like, like Rees like Darby. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any character names from any movies at all. There's also a lot of characters in this movie. There are, yeah. Uh, much like every Jane Austen novel. Anyway, so he sends Max off with a water bottle and just says, drink this until you feel normal, basically like hydrate. <laughs> and he goes outside and finds Howie in a giant chair. 
Yeah. It is a huge, massive chair. And Howie just says, I didn't even know I was lost. <laughs> and reveals that he did see Charlie with his ex. But because he's on Molly, he's not even really upset about it. He's like, I'm just going to have sex with anyone I want. I'm just going to wander, whatever. And of course, Noah's worried about his friend because he's under the influence. Yeah. I do love when he like gets out of the chair and lays on the floor. He's like, okay, no, you got to get up. And he's like, no, the floor's the new chair. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was so funny. I have maybe said that uh, a time or two in my life that the floor is the new chair. So Keegan and Luke show up and Luke is blacking out because he's had a little too much GHB. Yeah. And so Noah is like, okay, you guys all stick together. I'm going to go find Max. And then we'll all go to whatever the next place is, which is some other party. And so he goes back in to try and find Max, uh, but he can't and instead runs into Will, who informs him that all of his friends just got on the water taxi. And Will knows where the party is, but they got to cut through the meat rack to get there. Yeah. So they're walking through the meat rack. And at this point, Noah is just kind of letting it loose, just like you and your friends are assholes. You're rich and you hate us. Like, we can't believe how Charlie treated Howie. Like, it's all bad. And Will is like, look, that was all Cooper. I hate Charlie's ex-boyfriend. He's an asshole. Yeah. And I just didn't know Howie. So that's why I was kind of trying to protect Charlie. Like, what you think you've seen, you maybe misunderstood, essentially. Or at least misconstrued some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, Noah just tells him off and runs off, trips and falls in a mud puddle, but then leaves and gets to the next party uh, where he finds Dex. They make out. But he basically asks, like, have you seen Howie? And he's like, you go find Howie. And Keegan can't find Luke. And so Dex is like, I'll go find Luke. Yeah. We'll split up. We cut through. He kind of looks through this party. He peeks into the fuck room. Howie's not there and ends up going home. I do love that when he peeks into the fuck room, dudes are like going at it. Like it is an orgy type scene. But he like sees them, starts to leave and and then goes back and he goes, Howie? And then everyone's like, no. (laughs) And he goes, all right, it's worth a shot. And he leaves. Yeah, worth a shot. I thought it was very funny. So he tries to get people to leave with him it's not going to happen so he is about to go home and he sees howie howie is sitting with the guy from the bar from earlier the guy who has a sense about what nationality people are yes and uh it looks like howie's gonna go home with that guy so noah pulls him aside like anybody but that guy and howie's like look this whole thing was supposed to make me feel good but i feel bad yeah this this feels shitty like we're not the same your advice has been bad essentially like none of this is what i wanted none of this is what i kind of signed up for yeah and the world works different for you than it does for me because pretty privilege is a thing. And I was really glad that this movie addressed it. Mm -hmm. So we cut to the next day. They kind of have a fight. They go their separate ways. The next day, Noah wakes up next to the pool and everyone, well, everyone, Margaret Cho, Keegan, and um, not Luke, because Luke is still missing, but Max kind of wake him up and they're just like, did you just leave everybody there? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like Max is like, I was out of my mind on drugs. And Keegan's like, we still haven't found Luke. Like nobody knows what's up. So Howie hasn't come home yet, but they did get a letter from Will because he doesn't have a phone because Noah doesn't have a phone. Yeah. And the letter from Will is basically like, hey, I am really sorry about the things that you heard me say the first night. I didn't know you. That wasn't okay. And I want to clarify, clarify about Dex. He's not what he appears to be. He did something really bad to somebody I was close to. And he's good at hiding who he is. 
maybe someday we can be friends after this, essentially. Yeah. So Howie gets back and Charlie has basically come over to break up with him. Not good. And Margaret Cho kind of gives a little speech to Noah of like, you kind of just have to let Howie live his life. I thought this was really good advice. Yeah. Like what he doesn't need is someone to give him advice. What he does need is someone to be his friend. And I was like, that is yeah. amazing advice. And something that I yeah. am guilty of not doing often. You know, like I'm I'm very quick to give advice, you know. Well, and she does have the caveat of like he's not hurting himself. He's not in trouble. Right. Like he's just living his life. I think if if there was, you know, imminent danger, it'd be a different story. Yeah. But she just says like he doesn't need to be fixed. He just needs a friend. And as Charlie leaves, he falls in the pool and she just goes, my baby's drowning. <laughs> just like immediately <laughs> runs out. I really love Margaret Cho in this. She's really funny in this. She's really funny in this. And the story that Charlie gives Howie is that Reese, his ex, has Lyme disease, so he has to take care of him. Oh my god. It's it's a very roundabout whatever. So Noah decides to take a walk. He goes into town where he sees Will and Will like ditches an ice cream cone, which he happens like two or three times. I don't know why he does that. He literally throws it and runs away from him. Yeah. <laughs> he chases after him. They end up in the ice palace where Peppermint yeah. is performing and hosting a dance off. So he forces Will to join the dance off and Will is actually not bad. He's he's pretty fun. Like he's a little robotic at first, but then he gets into it. I will say it looks like Will can actually dance, but he was yes. directed to look a little awkward because he's actually like yes. moving in rhythm and stuff. And like, yeah, he's doing some stuff that like I could not do. Like he's doing like, right. Like square dance stuff at one point. And I'm like, oh, that's actually like, it is sort of like West Side Story, which is what Peppermint's pointing out. And I'm like, well, that's actually yes. sort of not easy to do, but he does look a little awkward doing it. I don't know. I found it very charming. Yes. So after the dance off, he kind of confronts him about like, well, you like sent me this letter like a Victorian ghost, like <laughs> as what is happening? And he shows him Dex's Instagram and the Instagram is very funny in its own right because it's a hundred and whatever shirtless thirst traps. And there's one where he's wearing a mask that says stop Asian hate. But then he's got like a Black Lives Matter flag covering his junk. Yeah. And you can see as, as Noah scrolls through, he's like, uh, <laughs> like, what? It's <laughs> distasteful. But Will does not tell him what Dex did. He's like, it's not my story right. to tell. Right. Which right. I understand that. But I don't know. I feel conflicted about this because anyone who's around Dex I told. and is under the influence is in danger, right? So I, yeah, I, I probably would have said it's not my story to tell, but it's unsafe to be around Dex. Here's what happened to my friend, right? Did he know that he was recording people against their will? Will did. That's what he was trying to warn him about without oh, saying it. I would have straight up warned. I would have told people. Yeah. I would have too. Because Dex is a straight up sex pest and like Dex people is should a be rapist. warned about him. Yeah. I do feel like Will had a duty to say, no, he's a bad guy. Like this is what he does. Right. So we cut to later where they're kind of reading together on the beach. Will goes in the ocean. 
We cut back to the house. I actually really like the moment when Noah and Will are like hanging out together, reading on the beach because they are sort of like doing their own thing, both reading. But they're like, this is like the time when they are sort of connecting. Right. They are. They share similar interests. I liked it. Yeah. I I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, We cut to the karaoke performance. Yeah. Uh, But it hasn't started yet. They're all just kind of hanging out, waiting. And this is where they accuse Luke of being locked in a bathroom because Luke is now back mystery solved um but he won't tell them where he was and they all are like oh he was locked in the bathroom totally (laughs) so they do their karaoke performance where howie sings sometimes by britney spears and keegan and luke have choreographed movements in the background and their harmonies are on point it really is great it's phenomenal they come off stage and margaret cho has a video on her phone that someone has sent her yeah. Where it is revealed that Luke, while under the influence and probably blacked out, blacked out, was sexually assaulted by Dex and Dex took video of it and posted it on his OnlyFans, which he did the night Luke was blacked out because Luke does right. mention that they probably hooked up the night before, but he doesn't remember that. And then they hooked up a bunch that next morning and he was like fully consented to that stuff. But he. Yeah, but there was no camera at that right, point. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, Dex knew he was, like, blacked out, and that's when he used the camera, yes. right? So, like, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it is shitty. Like, it's bad, bad, bad It's full-on rape. Yeah. It, it is rape, full stop. There's no question about it. The night before, yeah, because the next morning... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, and what he basically says, because he woke up, didn't know about the videotape, didn't know about any of that, they proceed to have romantic encounters throughout that day because he does not know... But Dex knew Dex knew the whole time. Dex knew and posted it already. Like I'm assuming he posted it yeah. to his OnlyFans. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Night. Yeah. Uh, and so Noah is like, I'm gonna fucking kill him. Yeah. And so Noah goes to find Dex, runs into Will on the way, and shows Will like, Yo, this is what happened. And Will says. I'm going to kill him because Will is like, this is the second time. Yeah. I do love that. Noah's like, wait, that's my thing. I'm going to kill him. (laughs) I'm going to kill him. They find Dex and push him into a pool. Yeah. And basically are like, yo, this is what you did. I wish they, and, and laws vary from state to state on, on stuff like this. I wish they would have reported it personally, although I don't know how much that would have gotten them as far as like, like if there would have been justice from what Will says, it looks like maybe not. That's unfortunate because all it really should take is Luke being like, I didn't know he was filming. I do not consent right. to the filming because that right. Like I would imagine that that is illegal. I, I yeah. don't know the law, but if it's not, it should fucking be illegal. Like that would be terrifying yeah. if like you were having sex with someone for the first time and you find out that they were videotaping it to put on like a pornographic website. Like what the, that would be terrible. Yeah. And, and Will does bring that up. He says it's a crime without a waiver or written consent, which by the way, in some States it very much is a crime without written consent. And if it was called into court, you'd have to produce that written consent. Yeah. And he basically says like, this would make you a sex offender and you could be, you know, facing jail time. Uh, But if you delete the video now and delete all instances, of it online and delete it from your phone then we'll we'll call it square essentially yeah and so he does that and then they throw the phone in the pool which i love but then will does say yeah you know they're all waterproof now right don't ruin my moment (laughs) but they go for kind of a walk back to the karaoke place and will reveals like hey some of what i said isn't true yeah but at least it got him to delete it 
And he's like, oh, you legally blonded him. And he's like, well, thank you, Mr. Big Trial Lawyer. And this is where we find out that he's not a trial lawyer. He works for a nonprofit and challenges wrongful evictions and, and things like that. So he's really not as mean as people think. The one thing I wish he had done when he said, oh, you legally blonded him. I really needed Will yeah. in that moment to be like, what? Like it's hard? Well, like it's hard? <laughs> I'm taking the door, dumbass. But he also says that Dex was never concerned about enthusiastic consent. So it seems like not just the filming, but in general, Dex has a consent problem. Yeah. And, eh, probably maybe somebody should report it. Maybe who, I mean, it is up to every victim whether or not they want to report. Uh, but, you know, someone got to say something to somebody to get Dex out of here so we can't do it to more people out of these streets yes and sheets mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but noah's like well i got a big mouth i'm gonna tell everybody so people know yeah which at least yes then people are informed and people can stay away so they get back to the karaoke place where they're kind of having like a little after party and he and will part ways and he rejoins his friend and charlie shows up and a kind of breaks up with howie again yeah It's real not great. But then Cooper and Reese, his boyfriend, are there. Well, and like roll up on them. And they introduce our, you know, our two main characters, Noah and Howie, to like that clique of people, you know, Cooper, uh, Reese and the other guy. Brayden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Reese is like, oh, uh, a mirror couple where you guys like look exactly the same and your boyfriends and they don't look alike. No, they at don't. All. But that's yeah, what it's, Reese it's says. It's a super racist thing to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Cooper's like, no, they're not even boyfriends. Like, no, that's not what's happening here. Yeah. Right. I fucking hate Reese. Like, I, I feel yes. like the guy who plays Reese nails it. Yeah. Because you hate Reese from Jump Street. Like the first time you see Reese, you're like, Oh, fuck that not having Lyme disease motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, he's (laughs) terrible. Yeah. And so they all kind of go back to the house. They wake up the next morning and how he's packing. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't feel good being here. Like, I don't like seeing him with that other guy. It makes me feel terrible. Like, I, this is making me feel like a shitty person, and I feel like I need to get away from that. Yeah, this is like that moment at the party when the person you're there to meet and hook up with is hooking up with somebody else, except it's a whole week-long affair. Like, so it's right. worse. I completely understood why uh, Howie was feeling this way and wanted to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he basically is like, I'm going to go home. We'll we agree to visit each other, you know, outside of this, but don't tell Charlie. Yeah. And of course, the second the second he leaves, Noah goes to tell Charlie. Yeah. And of course, he's met first by Brayden (laughs) saying just like, can I help you? Can I help you? And I love how he's like, Brayden, get a new line. And no, you can't help me. Yep. (laughs) That was fucking great. And he confronts Charlie and is just like, yo, he's leaving. I feel like. Maybe you liked each other. Maybe I was wrong. But if you care about him, you've basically got one chance to stop him. One opportunity. Mom's spaghetti. Oh, wow. And so Reese and some of the others and Cooper roll up and are just like, you thought that he liked that little Asian guy? And he's like, oh, your friends are assholes. And he says something very important where he says, I'm the only one who considered if you deserved him. Basically, I'm the only one who gave him an amount of value like I care about him and I questioned if you were worthy while everyone else was questioning if he was worthy yeah I love that I mean yeah because Noah loves Howie like that is his yeah. boy like that's his brother man yeah and I love that and Noah 
even says that to like the whole group that he came across the ferry on. He's like, we're family. Like, and he really does see yeah. them that way. And I love that so much. So he makes it back in time to see Noah off on the ferry. Yeah. And Noah cries on the ferry or not Noah, uh, how he cries on the ferry. Yeah. It's very sad. And um, they're standing there. And my favorite is Keegan and Luke being like, so are we just going to stand here in the direct sun <laughs> waiting? <laughs> For the record, that would be me. Like the thing I hate most about the beach <laughs> is just standing in the sun and doing nothing. A hundred percent. I hate That's it what so I much. love about the beach. What is happening? Ugh. No, it's the worst. It's, it's so uncomfortable. If, I, if there's an umbrella with shade, I'm good all day. But like if I'm in direct sunlight, fuck you. I'm out but sometimes I have the umbrella up but sometimes I have the umbrella down no I can't like direct sunlight hell no I'll get a headache I get sunburned pass I'm also not good at sitting still so like if we're not doing an activity uh, I'm leaving yeah now night beach bonfire s'mores oh, hell 100%. yeah I'm there all night all day long yeah yeah so as they're debating whether they're gonna keep standing in the direct sunlight Charlie runs up with Will and is like I, I'm not gonna let did he already go like what are we gonna do yeah and Will is like we're gonna do something stupid and something big because they know that like how he's into the the romantic gestures yeah so they steal a water taxi or commandeer a water taxi, I should yeah. say. They make it out to where the ferry lands. And he's like, I've got a 615 train. But Charlie apologizes. And he says, I love you. Too big. Too stupid. I love this because <laughs> Noah is like goading him on. He's like, you got to do something big. You got to do something big. And Charlie's do, Yeah, do something huge. Yeah, huge. Charlie's like, I love yeah. you. And everyone's like, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then he he does dial it back. He's like, I got to know you over the course of this week. I think you're an amazing person. You're beautiful. And like, I'm crying at this point. And so is Howie. And like, oh, yes. And then he's like, I really, really like you a lot. Like, I was like, that's the appropriate yeah. amount. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he says, you're super interesting and funny and beautiful. And I really like you. I know. It's great. Which, at that point, I'm sobbing. Yeah. Fucking buckets. Same. Crying, crying, crying. Uh, and he says, you stole a boat for me? And they kiss. And then one of the women on the water taxi just says, can we go to Cherry Grove now? I love that Noah's like, we will get there when we yeah. get there. Like, there's a, there's an amount of hate <laughs> in his voice that says yes. that that woman has been asking about Cherry Grove for about 45 minutes. Absolutely. I would be pissed if my taxi was commandeer diverted to do yes to do something like this by the way i'm pitching a new movie to netflix called commandeered for love where i <laughs> am a humble water taxi captain and mikey steals my water taxi commandeered for love sounds like 365 days level of this is <laughs> a, on a boat this is a kidnapping yeah. level love, kidnapping love story but on a water taxi i'm the sexual captain now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he basically finishes by saying th this scene with the voiceover by saying, I was so worried about the house, but it's always been about the people and we'll be fine and do something different and make new memories. But when I look back, I'll remember things like this. And so he goes to join Will sitting alone on the dock and they have this little talk of like, so what happens to them? What happens to us? Because like we've only known each other a couple days we're not necessarily going to date. I don't think like we live on different coasts. And he just says, well, what do you want? And he says, I want that. And he gestures to two old men dancing on the dock. 
together. And so they then get up and dance together and then everyone joins them and they're all dancing on the dock and they kiss. And And that's that's the the movie. It was very sweet. It is very sweet. So having seen the movie and they talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Fire Island? I liked it a lot. I, I thought loved it was it. very funny, very sweet. Same. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I honestly feel like everyone should watch this movie. It's great. Well, I mean, uh, you should probably be a grown-up to watch this movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. rated R. It's rated R for <laughs> yes. a reason. It's a yeah. hard R. Like an R. <laughs> I sort of, <laughs> yeah, because they do commandeer a boat. So it is very R, but also R. R. Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, I assume everyone that listens to the podcast is over 18, although I'm sure that's not true. That is definitely not yeah. true. Um, and here's the thing. I would give the same warning for a 50 shades or anything like that oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, there's drug use, a couple other things, but you know, if, if you determine that this is viewable for your children, that's fine. You should make, you can decide those things, but I'm just, I mean, this has less dick neck than 50 shades. It does have less dick neck than 50 shades, although it does have two orgy scenes in it. Yeah, but you don't really see anything yes. graphic, graphic. They're shot more tastefully yeah. than Fifty Shades, I would say. Yeah, yeah. agree. <laughs> There's no pommel horse, but yes, it is more tasteful. Okay, let's just get to the... the, the <laughs> oh, the pommel horse. I forgot about so, that So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. I was more concerned about the drug use and other things in this movie because it's a lot and very casual. But yeah, well, here it is with your fun facts. Fire Island, Island fun, fun facts. facts. Bernie Lomax, fun facts. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I looked into the cost of going to Fire Island during uh, basically uh, Fire Island Pines during this time okay. during the summer. And uh, if you wanted to rent a house nearly identical to theirs, it was a hun- it was and I did it for six people. So basically for all of them. Okay. It was eight hundred and twenty dollars a night, which honestly for six people is not the worst. Oh, that's not eight hundred and twenty dollars a night each? No, that's that's for six people total. Yeah, that's not terrible. No, the total for the week came out to about six grand. So about a grand each. That's not terrible for because uh, that house is awesome. The house is pretty awesome. Now, granted, it's a three bedroom, two bath. So you are bunking together. Sure. Oh, wait, are we talking about Margaret Cho's house or are we talking about yes. like, oh, no, we're talking Margaret Cho's house. OK, I thought you were talking about the house that like Cooper and Will are staying in. My bad. No, it's Margaret Cho's house, but it is peak season. Yeah. So, you know, now the fancy house, I could only find one for sale. It was about two point six five million. The highest house I saw for rental was two thousand per night. Wow. Uh, but that was nowhere near as nice. I would say this is probably closer to like, you know, eight to ten grand a night. Good lord. I know. The estimated mortgage for a house of that size is about eighteen thousand dollars, which means if it was two grand a night, so the highest one I saw, it would need to be rented for half of the year to cover the mortgage, basically. Like every month you had to rent it for at least 18 days or at least 10 to 18 days, give or take, if you're charging different rates and everything. Anyway. That's crazy. Margaret Cho's house is worth about 750k currently, um, but if she bought it 10 years ago, it was probably much less. Probably in the four to five, maybe even the 300,000 range. Oh yeah, she's definitely made quite a bit of money on that house. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So let's talk about other fun facts. So number one. uh, So Joel Kim Booster, who played the lead in the film, also wrote and produced it. And part of the reason that he did was because he first read Pride and Prejudice on one of his trips to Fire Island. And kind of as he was reading it was like, 
this is not that different yeah. from where we are. Like, th- there are very similar social st- structures, mm-hmm. very interesting parallels here. He also, along with the director, was very insistent that the cast be made up of LGBTQ actors, not straight people playing gay people, which... As we have seen on this show, for many of of the LGBTQ films we've done, is a problem. (laughs) Uh, We literally did one last week that was solely about a gay character and had no gay actors in it. But also that was in the 90s, Yes, Mm -hmm. right? And we've done ones more recently that also didn't have gay characters in it. Yeah. So like, yeah. So they were very committed to specifically casting queer actors in this. And it's not like the acting suffers. Everyone in this is great. No. Everyone did great yeah. in this. It was it was great. No, they're all great on the Hallmark movies where they play straight guys. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Mikey, truth. I'm going to say that's acceptable because I will tell you that two of the last like big old TV crushes I had were gay guys playing straight guys because they can do it right. That's all I'm saying. Like, if you want to be Anthony Bridgerton, yes, please. <laughs> if you want to be the hot priest in Fleabag, do it. Like, I'm here for it. Is he gay in real life? The guy who played Moriarty? Yes. Nice. Dude, he's such yeah. a good actor. I had no idea. I don't follow oh, him like that. Yeah, he's, he's, a good, he's such a good actor, man. When he was Moriarty yes. in, in Sherlock, fuck, that dude is so good. Yep. Mm-hmm. So originally, this project actually sold about three years ago. Really? To Quibi. Oh, as a- shit. <laughs> I love it. And it was supposed to be a series on Quibi. It was supposed to be 10 episodes and it was called Trip was the name of the project at the time. Uh. Now, if you're a cult podcast listener, uh, you might remember that literally right as pandemic was happening, uh, Armando had gotten staffed on a Quibi thing. I was submitting for a Quibi thing. A whole bunch of our friends had Quibi jobs and then they all went away. Just like overnight almost. It was crazy. So when Quibi shut down, a lot of those projects were up for grabs and this was one of them. And Fox Searchlight picked it up, but they stipulated that it had to be a feature film. And so all they did was just remove the chapter headings. Like, this was supposed to be 10 chapters. Now it's just one movie. And they just sent it to them as a full screenplay without the chapter breaks. And Fox Searchlight bought it. They decided that that was going to be perfect for them. That was enough of an edit, I guess. Uh, And they scrapped the original director for the series on QB, which was Stephen Dunn, and instead brought in Andrew Ahn to direct so that they had a little bit of a different perspective. But I think it really served the movie. Um, A lot of the cast members were already friends before the movie started filming. And to film the movie, they literally went to Fire Island for a couple weeks and filmed there on location Stayed all in a house together, very much like the movie. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. The karaoke scene, Bo and Yang chose Sometimes by Britney Spears. They <laughs> In the script, it just says sings karaoke. Yeah. And they allowed them to choose any number of songs and then whichever ones they could get the right to rights to. And Sometimes was actually his first choice and they got the rights. That's great because they crush it. They do a great job with that song. They do. Keegan and Luke behind him secretly did their own choreography 
didn't tell anyone. Really? And then the day of the shoot, they performed it. Fuck, they are theater nerds. I love it's it. It's so great. <laughs> and so they got that on, and, and it's amazing. So they didn't tell Bonye it was going to happen. So you can actually see him breaking a couple times because he's like didn't know it was about to happen and is laughing his way through it, which is, is great. great. It's so fun. The love interest for Noah, essentially Will's character, was originally written for a non-Asian person of color. Uh, but when uh, Conrad Ricamora, who is Filipino, came in and auditioned, they felt like he had the best chemistry. And so he got the role, which is how this movie ends up with Very cool. three gay Asian leads. I'm like, cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's actually pretty fun. During the writing and production of the movie, Joel Kim Booster actually met the man who's now his his boyfriend and used some of their conversations to rewrite some of the scenes that he had with the character of Will. So nice. Okay. It was actually pretty fun. Margaret Cho's character was originally written for another male. And when he dropped out, she auditioned and she came in. And honestly, I think she's a real fun addition. Me too. Yeah, I think she's great. Cool. It is sort of because she is about 10 years older than all the, the men in this movie. And she sort of mm -hmm. does treat them like she's like the house mother at like a sorority. I don't know. I really love their yes. relationship. Yeah. I did love it. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts. There really isn't a lot of box office, but I do have some fun information. So what do you think the budget for Fire Island was? And of course, it came out this year. So considering that it was originally for Quibi, not high. I'm going to say this is five million. There's also not a lot of extras. I'll say three million. It was actually ten million dollars. Now, oh. it didn't go to theaters. It went straight to streaming. So there is no other box office information. But because it was initially supposed to be on Quibi, I did some fun Googling earlier and... Let's talk about Quibi real quick. Let's fucking talk about Quibi. So Quibi was uh, initially set up as a streaming service that was all the shows were broken up into 10 minute segments. It was like short streaming shows, which is why this was going to be probably what, like nine episodes of this movie broken up into chapters. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how they got people to invest in that bonkers idea, but they did. They raised $1.75 billion and oh launched Quibi. It ran for almost exactly six months and then folded. So they spent $291.6 million a month to fail. And that to me is funny. Yep. So if you're wondering how much money Quibi spent in its six months of existence, it was $1.75 billion. Mm -hmm. I love when the rich fail. But that is your box office. Okay. I have a proposal segment. Okay, do it. The new romance scale of how romantic oh. we found the film today when we watched it. Okay. On a scale from horrible to hallmark. It's a one to ten scale. Wait, wait, is Hallmark the good version? Hallmark, Hallmark should be the, the, good the bargain basement. Because Hallmark's the worst. This is the scale. <laughs> this it's scale, a scale makes of one no to sense. ten. But horrible to Hallmark is very catchy. It is. It's catchy, but Hallmark's not ten. I feel like you guys have not seen the classic. I wouldn't give holiday and handcuffs a ten. Wow. And I thought we were friends. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I think we should go with uh, horrible to Hallmark, but. I'd go to Hallmark to healthy. 
That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he said that like he was mad. I, I want something sappy at the end. We're gonna we're gonna work on the scale. We're gonna have some alliteration. So scale of one to ten, how romantic did you find the film? How much tears did you have? The the flutters, the uh, how emotional did you get? I definitely cried I did during too. this movie. I'm gonna put it at a six. I was gonna say six, Paige. Yeah, because it's like a week long thing. I'm like, I don't know if these people stay together. I think for me, it's more about their journey as friends and as a family together. Yes. I do did cry at the end. I did like it. I so I'd put it at about a six. Okay. Yeah. Six for me as well. Todd, you the same? Six? Yep. I think I'm gonna give it about a five. I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but it did really make me think about my my middle brother and like how I really want him to like meet someone really nice because he wants like a romance and love and all the things. And so I've been texting him. We've been texting a lot uh, since his breakup. So uh, you know, invite I've been inviting him down and stuff. But I I, I just it, I just makes me like I'm just like man. I wish he would meet somebody like all of these, like the three main characters. I'm like, anybody like this, nice and supportive and sweet, would be great for him. So I don't know. I gave it a five. I love it. So do you think any of them are still together? I don't think Will and Noah are still together, but I don't think that. I think they're probably still friends. Yeah, I think they're friends, too. I think Charlie and Howie um, Howie might be yeah. together. Yeah, I agree. I think with Will and Noah, it's like geographically undesirable because they're like on different coasts right right so i think they just stay friends yeah but if it's a jane austen thing they're probably still together well yeah, yeah but we never get into all that this would have been a perfect movie for like a like the next year like they start off the next year to see where they all out a year, a year later i like movies that do that i like that too so mikey this week Paige made us watch fire island what are you making us watch next week it's your pick it's not it's your pick no it is my pick yep shit yep i think i'm gonna do we're gonna go with love simon it was like a big release a couple years ago it's supposed to be pretty good i've not seen it yay i'm excited that'll be fun awesome well your homework for next week is to get wine drunk and then check out love simon love comma simon Oh, excuse me. Yes. Love, comma, Simon. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, I have legitimately not a bit forgot. Well, that's not uncommon. So let me, while Mikey looks up a review, tell you how you can have your review read on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? There's some funny reviews this week. We, we've been getting a lot of good reviews. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read... Annie Koki333. Annie Koki333? Well, what does Annie Koki333 have to say? They say uh, for their title, Sausage Taco GD. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you, Annie. Please have Mikey read as the Confederate Ouija board. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay. I wasn't in an accent mood today. I already did the romantic scale, and I felt like that was enough work for this episode. You are the hardest working man in podcasting. I've been saying it for a long time. (laughs) I wouldn't know I don't listen to other ones. (laughs) Out of what the podcast I do, I am involved with, I would say I'm top three, because the other two are you, and you guys work harder. Okay. I do declare. (laughs) I love how we, like, Gets into it. I love it very much. Thank you. Thank you for distracting me from the horrors of the world with two day taco sausage fog trance I've been in. Oh no. Okay. That's a you hard get that checked. sentence to say. <laughs> After three <laughs> listens, I agree with Todd. It is a sausage taco like it would be a chicken taco or a fish taco. Five stars. Thank you. Thank you very much. And also, pretty much everyone online agreed with me. 
And I felt very vindicated after that. That's not true. I think that is a confirmation bias, which is the technical term of you being an idiot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a p.o box it's actually not a p.o box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 nolensville road number 108-34 brentwood tennessee 37027 so send us some stuff yeah uh that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm todd and you complete us to completion i want to motorboat you with my water taxi I want you to die so I can puppet you around an island. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hate it so much. I love you as much as I love the 1986 classic Weekend at Bernie's. I love it. That's no, perfect. No I, notes, I love you as much as I love 1993's Time Cop. <laughs> also no notes. <laughs> Bye. Fire Island nerds. Fire Island nerds.